two years ago I did a series and uh, it was uh, some personal study and uh, and some from some books that I that I had uh, looked at I think I shared some of the titles with uh, with the folks and we spent a lot of time in Deuteronomy 6 and I was just kind of just been kind of chewing on that and I kind of I was arguing with the Lord I said well, God we, we've, we've, we've kind of beat up Deuteronomy 6 a bit do we need to go back there and there's just a couple key verses I just want to kind of bring out this morning but um, you know, you hear a lot around uh, around churches, uh, church culture, you might want to say, about this concept of revival. And it's really an ambiguous term, isn't it? We talk about it, what is revival, you know? And some will say, we're having a week-long revival. And I always chuckle at that because I, I just really believe revival is something God brings. And uh, now I think we can prepare our hearts. I think we can... Uh, uh, till the soil, so to speak, spending time in prayer and self-reflection and just saying, God, we want you to do something. We want you to move. But the reality is every great revival in history, God does it, right? God sends it, and um, we can't muster it up. But uh, I want to say this. I think there's an element that I think is so often missed, and it's, it, quite frankly, it's the core of our society, and it's really... Uh, the backbone of our church. Revival starts in the home. It's in the family. You know, really, as the family goes, our church goes. As the family goes, our nation goes. And, and, and really, it comes back to this, that uh, especially, you know, parents, dads in particular, of taking the lead in the home and saying, we want to cultivate an atmosphere where God will speak to my children, where God will speak to me, as the dad and, and, uh, and, and wives, uh, uh, as ladies, God wants to speak to you as well. And, and it's not just saying, boy, I sure, pa- I sure what pastor brings it this Sunday because I need a word from God. He's no respecter of persons. You get in the word, you have the same Bible I have, and you have the same access to the throne of grace that I have. Now, praise the Lord, I'm thankful for the way God has structured it. He, he has given pastors, and he has given uh, people to the as gifts to the church and for the strengthening edifying of the body and so forth but i'll tell you what you guys want to really make me work you walk with god yourself and you dive into the bible and you get in there and, and you know if i get up and preach and i kind of like well they all know this stuff i guess i got to dig deeper <laughs> you know but uh but the reality is as we take our families on the journey how that would make a difference you want to talk about revival you want to talk about confidence as we send our children out. They turn 18, 19, 20, and they, they leave the home and, and, and go off into the world, whether they're going off to college or a career or, or, or even considering the ministry. What confidence we can have saying, you know what? We have spent countless hours in prayer together, in the Word together, and I am confident that my child hears the voice of God. I'm confident he's led of God. Listen, that does not happen by accident, and that does not happen by making sure they're in CIA and Sunday school. Those all play a part of it, but it, it takes that involved parent being involved. And, and so <clears throat> in a few aspects, uh, really we'll look at the whole chapter, but I'm just going to zero in on a couple verses. It starts off with this in, uh, in verse 1 of Deuteron- Deuteronomy 6. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. Now, of course, you know the context. This is uh, Deuteronomy is, the, is really a sermon that, that uh, Moses put together. Uh, he, you know, he went and climbed a mountain on his 120th birthday, wrote De- Deuteronomy, then died. 
talk about going out with a bang, right? <laughs> but uh, really, he's rehearsing with God the history of Israel up to this point, how they brought him out of the land of Egypt and everything, and, and he's re reiterating several key points. He talks about the tabernacle. He talks about the law, the Ten Commandments. He talks about a lot of different things. But he's given this emphasis prior to Israel going in to possess the promised land. And in this, God's going to give them some promises along with the promised land. But let's get the foundation right. Foundation is this. God gave some commandments, some statutes, some judgments. All right, commandments. These are the things to do. Statutes. These are God's standards. The judgments is the things that God uses to, to balance out. For example, it talks about, you know, if you leave an open pit and your neighbor's uh, oxen falls into it, he tells you what you got to do to make that right. Those are his judgments, all right? By the way, God does that all throughout the Bible. You do this sin, this is how you make it right. Some things were capital crimes, and the only way to make it right is life, you know, putting someone to death. And, uh, but what are all these? These are the judgments of God. So he says, know this. This is the mind and the heart of God when you get into this, and it's all laid out in his word. That thou mightest, verse 2, fear the Lord. Now, in verse 1, it says, ye, you, those are all plural, talking about the nation. Then he brings it very specific. I'm talking to you individuals, that thou, you, might fear the Lord thy God and keep his statutes. See, it's one thing to say, oh, our church fears the Lord. But he's bringing it down now, each individual, he's pointing the finger at every one of you, saying, you need to fear God, you need to fear God, you need to fear God. And he says, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou, now get this, and thy son. Well, how does the son get it? It's taught, it's displayed. Thou, thy son, now get this, grandparents, thy son's son. How'd that happen? Now we're talking about a legacy developing here, right? Thy son's son, all the days of thy life. Okay, my kids are grown out of the house. I'm done. No, no. All the days of thy life. And then it says this, um, uh, that thy days be, may be prolonged. Then we have verse 3, the famous verse, Hear, therefore, or uh, in the next few verses, Hear, therefore, Israel, and observe to do it. The word there, hear, that's a Hebrew word, shema. It means to take in intelligently to listen and drives to action okay when you give your children instructions you say uh, you say are you listening I say Jaden did you hear what I said you say yes dad and I said what did I say and I get a blank stare okay let's go through this again <laughs> right and uh, what is that? I want to make sure he understood and now there's no excuse why he doesn't do it you see what I'm saying and uh, and that's the word here so as God gives it uh, the, the challenge is to hear intelligently to make, make decisions based off of what we've heard. So hear, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. That's what, that sounds like a promise. That ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that flowed milk and honey. Now think about it. Israel's not really had a land yet. We're talking... 400 plus years to the promises he's talking about. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They've been in bondage in Egypt all these years, plus 40 more years of wandering around the wilderness. They're coming right to the end of the 40 years. Joshua's about to take over. And uh, all this time, uh, by the way, a 400-year-old promise, don't you think you kind of lose heart after a while? Right? He says, guys, get ready. Remember that land full of milk and honey? The promises of your fathers? This is the formula. Why did Israel wander for 40 years? 
What? Murmuring. I think it's a little more than that. What's that? Really, lack of faith. They didn't believe the promise. So God, new generation has risen up, and he's saying, remember the promises? Get ready. You guys are going to be the ones, the generation of blessing. All right? And uh, so he says, now here's how you're going to hold on to it. Follow me. You fear me. You keep in mind my statutes, my judgments, and so forth. Verse 4, you, you should know this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, with all thy might, with all, uh, excuse me, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. How does it get into your heart? Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and that doesn't mean you have all the scriptures necessarily memorized verbatim, but, but you've internalized the word of God. You've taken it in. It's in your heart. How does that happen? Uh, osmosis. You know, well, I've been in church enough. And I think that's the problem sometimes. We've been in church so many times, and the pastor only knows so many verses, and he's always quoting those ones, and by now you should have them down. And we think, I've got some verses in there, but have you put them in? By the way, the Bible, nowhere you're going to find does God promise to bless Bible memorizers. Or even Bible readers. The blessings are always attached to Bible meditation. Now, of course, you have to read it to, med to meditate on it. And a good part of meditation will help you. A tool is memorizing. But it's the meditating. Getting every bit of nutrients out of that. And you, that's when you really internalize it. You see? Um, some of you homeschool. We've got uh, Rocky's a teacher. You know, uh, when do you really, when are you confident that your students know the material? When they display it. When they display it or when they can even teach it back to you. You, you know, they can explain it well and so forth. Some of, some of uh, uh, your young people have come to me at their testimony. I'll ask them some clarifying questions. And, boy, if they can just give me the gospel, I'm like, they get it. They get it, right? And, uh, and, and so, so this internalizing to the point where I'm, I understand. I, I see God's word, and it's in me. So he says, verse 7, And thou shalt teach them, still talking to parents, right? Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Isn't that one of the most convicting words? Because I look at my life, I look at our, our family's devotion life and, uh, and just how I raise my children, and I think, oh, I'm doing that. But then, then God says, but are you doing it diligently? Oh, I mean, that's like with heart. That's like with intentionality. That's like, this is, this is on purpose. And I'm really, and I think he's going to lay out what does diligence look like when it comes to instructing our children. Uh, thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. What do we talk about at home? By the way, it's interesting how a lot of families have the same um, interests, right? You like the same sports teams. You have same maybe uh, gifts. You know, I think God did that so we can have something to talk about, right? And we, we have a lot of the commonalities, common interests and things. But, uh, but what do we really talk about? What is important to us? Out of the abundance of the heart, right, the mouth speaketh. So what, what's the overflow of our home? I'm not saying that every, every conversation we have to have is about God. and We must use the king's English. And <laughs> no, but, but, uh, but you know, the, re the reality is, how important is God? What level does he place? You know? Do we talk about him more than, more than that football team? You see? And I'm not a big sports guy, and so I'm just going to say the team. I, don't even, I can't even name a team, okay? But... Uh, um, yeah, Rocky's like, I'm with you. Okay. But, uh, um, 
but, but seriously, the, uh, I think what I'm really talking about here is balance. Where, where, where does God land in the emphasis of things in the home? He uh, says, uh, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now, does that mean I need to be following my child around? And, and now listen, and I'm all day. I gotta give him more Bible. I gotta give him more Bible. Uh, you know, there's there's an everyday kind of an application here where we're just we're always looking for teaching moments. You know, I overheard someone uh, this morning. You you exemplified some great character this morning in in in, in the way you carried yourself this morning. You know what that was? That was a teaching moment solidifying a decision that was just made in a young person saying, you're doing right, bravo. By the way, our children are going to go a long way on praise. You know, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Whoever praises your children is going to influence your children. And if they're not getting praise at home, they're going to look for praise somewhere. Something to chew on a little bit. If all they're ever getting is just Correction, 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 correction. That gets old. Praise your children. Um, so when you lie down, when you're rising, you're looking for opportunities to impart truth. Um, I remember one time uh, when Sadie was real little, there was a uh, there was a TV show on, and uh, uh, there was a scene that kind of caught us off guard. It wasn't like a bad show or anything, but this guy basically walked into traffic. And uh, and it didn't show like violence, but it implied that this guy got hit by a bus. Right when Sadie walked in, and she's like, and I said, see Sadie, he walked out in the street and did not look, did not ask his parents. Okay, <laughs> you know what I did? Uh, I put some fear into her on what could happen. What I do? I made a teaching moment out of it. Okay, and uh, just capitalized on it. Goes on, thou shalt bind him as a sign in thine hands, and it shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. The idea is it's always before them. And it shall be when the Lord thy God had brought thee into the land, which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee and grant uh, and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not. Of course, this is talking specifically of Israel. As they go in, they're going to places that had already been inhabited. People that were very wicked people that God was, was using Israel to come in and bring judgment on them, but also to bless his people. And they were going to come in, and guess what? The house is already built. There's already stuff. There's already wells digged, and there's all, all, this, all this stuff's ready to go. And he says this, um, verse 12, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord. And you know, I'm afraid this is where the American Christian is today. We've been enjoying God's blessing so much, not just for being Americans, but, but listen, we figured some things out. I've learned from the Bible how to be a good worker. I've learned from the Bible how to handle my money. I've learned from the Bible how to do so many things that, quite frankly, these are laws that God gave. When you just follow his way, you get the blessings he talks about. And we can get to the point where we're like, I've got it all figured out. And he says, beware. That's why, remember the diligence? Always, always, always before you. Always remember, this is God's blessings. Remember, we thank God. Why do we pray at a mealtime? Let's keep our attention saying, God provided this. No, I did with my hard work. Now, where do you think that came from? You see what I'm saying? It's keeping things in their perspective, recognizing, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. 
Praise him, all you creatures here below. You know, this mindset of, of understanding that, look it, it's of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. It says in Lamentations, right? His mercies that he doesn't just get fed up with me and say, I'm done. You think he's impressed with your riches? You think he's impressed with even, even the good things that you've, you've accomplished and, and, I mean, God glorifying things? You think he's impressed that you've learned how to not, not lie and not cuss and not steal? That's just expected of him. And he says, beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee from the land of Egypt, which brought you from the world, which saved your sorry soul from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods and the gods of the people which are round about you. Boy, there's so much application there in our society, is there not? There are a lot of gods tugging at us. And I'm afraid a lot of those that name the name of Christ are buying into it. I'm talking with someone before the service already. How many Christians there are, how many conservatives there are that are now okay with abortion, right? That are now okay with certain things that are just quite frankly abominations to God. And we think, what has happened? Well, they're bowing down to the other gods. They're serving them. He goes on and talks about God's a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against thee and destroy thee from the, off the face of the earth. That's pretty harsh language. Don't tempt, the, don't tempt God. But again, ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Let's, uh, let's go on towards the end of the chapter here. Verse 20. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying... What meaneth these testimonies, statutes, and the judgments which the Lord God commanded, uh, com hath commanded you? Now this is a child asking the parent, the parent, what are all these that God commanded you? Parents, who's the commandment given? Hey, at some point they need to stand on two feet and they're going to stand before God, but I'll tell you what, the children are heritage of the Lord, they're given to us. Those commandments are mine to pass on. And they say, what's that all about? That, that, that book you, you carry, what's that all about? Well, son, let's wait till Sunday and we'll see, we'll see what it's all about. <laughs> Reminds me, a pastor was visiting a house and knocked on the door and, uh, and a lady and her daughter answered the door and saw the preacher there. And, and uh, the lady wanted to impress the preacher, and she says to her little daughter, hey, go and get the book that Mommy loves so much. And she runs off and comes back with the Reader's Digest. And uh, <laughs> what meaneth these statues, these judgments? What, what's this all about? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. Now, what's Egypt a picture of in the Bible when we talk about the Christian life? Anybody? The world, the old life, right? The old man, the old nature. I was Pharaoh's bondman in Egypt. I was, boy, I tell you what, I served the devil. Point blank. I always get a kick when people say, we're all God's children. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said to those Pharisees, you have your father who? The devil. And the lust of your father will you do? Hey, I was born, in, I was born on the wrong side of this stuff. But God redeemed me. That's why we have some of these rich words. He brings me in by adoption, and I have a new daddy. A good one, by the way. 
He's not going to do me wrong. And we were Pharaoh's bondmen, and the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand. By the way, God only saves with a mighty hand. Nobody just kind of slips into salvation. Accidentally got saved. I was listening a, a long time ago. I was listening to this Christian radio station, so-called. And uh, there was a, there was a, uh, uh, like a testimony like uh, uh, commercial for this radio station. And there, this person was a business owner. And they were talking about how they always play this station in the background at their store. And they're like, and people are getting the word. And they don't even realize it. And, uh, and I think they even said, like, you know, uh, before long, they're going to be getting saved. They don't even know it. And I thought to myself, what are you saying right now? <laughs> That's not how it works. The wor- you know, the, it must be presented. It must be preached. There must be a decision. <laughs> but, but, but anyways, he says this, out of a mi- with a mighty hand, okay? Um, the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his house. Verse 23, and he brought us out from thence. Where's thence? The world, Egypt, brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. Into what? Into his family. Into his care. He brought us out that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And I want to just say this, if I can give kind of a broad application, uh, uh, to give us a church family, to give us the family of God, to give us what we have here, it truly is a blessing. We're not a theocracy. We're not Israel wandering around in the, in the wilderness, but rather he's given us the church where we're edified and we, we come together. And he says, he brought us out and bring us in. And the Lord commanded us to do all the statutes to fear the Lord our God uh, uh, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all the commandments for the Lord our God. See, so he has commanded us. I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to kind of, Leave that there. Uh, uh, leave, leave that right there. But but here, here's the concept: how God's brought us out with His mighty hand. So when the children ask, "What's this all about?" What are we? He, that was the answer He gives. Well, here's what it's all about, children. Do you have any idea where our home would be today without the grace of God? Do you have any idea what it would look like? Do you, do, you, do you realize? And by the way, this is why testimonies are so powerful. Do your children know your story? Do your children know now? Listen, that doesn't mean you got to go and you know glorify all your sin and say, "Well, let me tell you about college." <laughs> but say, "Listen, I was so off track, and my life was in dis- you know despair. I was falling apart, and, and God saw me, like the psalmist said, He He He, he uh, you know He He reached for me and pulled me out of the miry pit and established my feet on upon a rock. That's my story." And we're bringing it before them. What is all this about? Why, Dad, why do you get so excited about church? Why do you get so excited about the things of God? Because let me tell you about Egypt. I don't want to go back. I started off talking about this thing of revival. Listen, I, uh, I'll, be, I'll be the first one to say I, I am not 100% consistent with my family devotions, you might call it family altar, whatever you, you call it, you know, and it's very difficult, and, and you know, it's hard when you've made a decision, you've gone that direction, and you start opening up the Bible with your children and those kinds of things, and then you kind of let it slip to restart it again, because part of you has to humble yourself and say, oh, we let it, we messed up, children, let's get back on track, but let me just say, 
this needs to be intentional. It's awesome. There, but there are times, you know, we have maybe a five-minute talk. Goes by the way. But then there are times the kids just start opening up. Hey, Dad, what about this? They're asking questions. You know, and, and, uh, and they start sharing. I'm like, wow, listen to this wisdom pouring out of this child who's curious about the things of God. And then we take that from the home and we're starting to look at life this way. The Bible talks much about the reproofs of life. Guess what? Life is teaching you. And then we go to church and we start listening and we're saying, oh, I, I, okay, and connecting the dot. And then now we're cultivating this, 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 this atmosphere where we're going to start listening to the heart of God. And God begins speaking. Now, I don't want to get spooky. I'm not talking about audible, but all of a sudden it's like, man, I really think God wants me to do such and such. Or how about this one? Mom, Dad talked to me today about my attitude towards you lately, and I'm sorry. And then when Mom's done after she fainted, gets back up, <laughs> what's happened? Our child heard God. Now, he used people, maybe used a sermon, maybe used a passage of Scripture. And by the way, it's always going to go in conjunction with the Word. But we're teaching our children to hear. You know what that's going to do? We're not talking about one week, wow, we had revival. But a life of just revival. What does revival mean? It means to make alive again. And, and, and you know, they're living. What kind of life do we have in Christ, by the way? new life. It's a lively life. What life do we have before Christ? A dead life, right? You're dead in trespasses and sins. And, and, and I'm afraid so many defeated Christians, we walk around like, like we're half dead. In Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews um, 12, it talks about uh, lift up your hands. You know, the idea that we're dragging our hands around. Make straight your knees. Why, why are we all kind of... Oh. You know, how you doing, brother? Okay, under the circumstances. No, no, we have a new life in Christ. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are to be victors. We have all these words that are described. What do they mean, and why am I not experiencing it? Guess what? They're right there. And I think too many times we just get so cold. We don't love our Bibles like we should. We sit on the dashboard, and we dust it off for church. And, 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 you know, get in the Psalms. Find out what David thinks about the Word of God. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. All day. He just thinks about the things of God, and he just kind of sits there and contemplates. Now, this is a guy that had a, had a kingdom to run. Think about that. You know, and, and, and listen, our children, monkey see, monkey do. Really, it really is. I was thinking about, you know, we just had Father's Day a couple weeks ago. There was a song, I think I sang it last year, and uh, a really neat song, uh, a tribute to a godly dad, and it's called, uh, I Want to Be That Man. And it talks about how he was awake before the sun with his Bible opened up, and just that uh, example. And it talks about, you know, there have been times we've had conflicts and disagreements, but the longer I live, it's so obvious, it's so clear to me, I want to be that man who loves the Lord with all his heart, just as the Lord commands, who takes a stand and uh, leads his, um, uh, takes his family, uh, uh, leads his family, I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but, uh, 
but that godly man that loves God, loves his family, and, and, and takes that, that lead. And, uh, you know, it's such a convicting thought. I, I think, would my, would my son be able to sing that song about his dad? My children, do they do they love? Have, have I instilled up to this point where they're at? Have I instilled enough to where they're saying, you know what, my dad trusts God, and so can I. How far is it going to go? So we talk about revival, a church that is revived, a church that is on fire, is because, quite frankly, uh, really has little to do with the pastor. But it's those homes, each of us, taking that that making that decision. Uh, I don't think anything was really new said today, but just that reminder and that challenge to say, we need to really be intentional, that we're diligent about this stuff. And so as we close, I want to I wanted to say this. Uh, parents, if we can just, five minutes. Why don't you take your families and just go find a quiet spot just for a minute. Why don't you guys pray? And maybe even share some words. Couples talk to each other and saying. Let's make some decisions this week about how we're going to approach our family devotions, um, that diligence aspect. What are some things we can do better here? And, uh, and then just kind of solidify the Lord. Talk to your children. By the way, those of you who have older children, let them be your accountability partners. I love it when my, uh, when, uh, when my, uh, my young daughter, Tess, she says, are we doing devotions tonight, Dad? Now she squirms and, and you know, doesn't always pay attention, but she wants us to do devotions. And she reminds me, what am I going to say? No, go to bed. Oh, yeah, we need to do devotions. You see? And uh, so, so I want to challenge with that as we close in prayer. Let's go find a quiet spot. You know, we'll have lunch soon, and we'll get to the games and stuff. But, but let's, uh, let's kind of kick this weekend off, really, and just, just pray together as a family and say, you know, let's, let's try to hear from God this weekend and, and of course, uh, on out uh, from here. But uh, uh, let's do that. Why don't we have a word of prayer? Our Father, we thank you for uh, thank you for this this time to just come apart and connect as a church family, and of course enjoy your wonderful creation and games. Thank you for this wonderful weather, Lord. I just pray that you'd help each and every one of us be the parents you call us to be, and to really instill that in our young people that that they're not really going to be riding on the coattails of their parents, but that, that they're going to buy in. And that their God, their parents' God, will be their God. And they'll follow and trust you. And as they've seen tremendous faith displayed, they'll grab a hold of that, and they themselves will go on in tremendous faith. I pray, Father, you give a vision and direction for each of these families here that they with confidence can say, here's where God's leading us, here's what God's doing in our home. And Father, we're just gonna, we'll give you the glory for uh, the tremendous victories that we'll see as the grace of God is poured out on these lives. We love you, Father, and we thank you for our time together today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.